another episode of the DC Comics Chronicles. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, the Emerald Enthusiast himself, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? What's up, DC fans? It's the Daddy Sora, the Uncasaurus, who is here to chase you through the DC Universe. It's the Emerald Enthusiast. He, there's a reason he's bringing up dinosaur references. Uh, and you, you have to stick around to the end to know what that means. Yeah, and it's not because uh, he is uh, a fan of the AEW wrestler Luchasaurus. I just was a spoiler. Although I am. So. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with why he chose that. Yeah. That intro. Um, but. But when you're a dad and an uncle, you know, one of the things that kids like you to do, especially when you're a big guy, is to chase them. So and pretend and, like and you're also, some also, kind of monster. Yeah, and also dad jokes. So there you go. Um, but uh, you, you may be confused if you're watching the video version of this. Mm-hmm. Not by Donnie's background, because it's the same all the time. This is wonderful, wonderful collection of Green Lantern goodies. Um, but my background, as you can see, is the Flash. And the last time I used this background on a vidcast, it was because we were reviewing an episode of The Flash. But that's not what we're doing. We are, as I said, doing the DC Comics Chronicles, which means we are reviewing those wonderful things called comic books. The source material for the movies and television that we love. So, with that being said, Donnie, um, what are the comic books that we will be discussing today? Uh, we are going to start with Batman Detective Comics number 1034. That's a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I that's the thing with a lot of reboots and restarts and 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 crossovers, you don't get a lot of comics that they have let continue to a thousand. You know, you you constantly see the low numbers. I'm glad they didn't screw up the they they went back to the number. Yeah, the original number. I'm I'm so glad about that. Mm-hmm. And this we have this is writer Mariko Tamaki and art by Dan Mora. Colors by Jordy Jordy Belair, and I got to point out here the lettering is actually particularly good. And I'm sorry if I butcher this name, Aditya Bidikar, who does some really outstanding lettering in this this issue. So, right, yeah. Um, my first thought before we get into the actual interview, when I when I read the Jordy Belair name, now mm-hmm. I now I know her from she currently writes uh, Buffy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Vampire Slayer, the comic series? Yeah. Uh, for Boom Studios. So I know who she is, but I was wondering, I wonder if she's related to Bianca Belair from WWE. <laughs> probably, probably not, but I just thought. Maybe not, but I, maybe she'll show up at WrestleMania. Hey, she'll do she'll a run in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still Chair, where's JR when we need him? We need, <laughs> somebody needs to, um, if those wrestling cameo things weren't as expensive as they are, I'd get JR to do like an intro for us. Right. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, but yeah, all right. So that was my random reference for the day. But yeah, so uh, what happens to this issue, Don? Get us started. Well, it opens up in Gotham City, the City Hall District, and we see this big shindig that is happening. And uh, it is crashed. We see now, for those of you, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, Batman is operating in a different way. He doesn't have as much money as as usual as he usually does. He's operating out of these kind of mini bat caves around the city. 
And then suddenly this party is attacked by a group called the Party Crashers, which is very fitting. Very apropos, now, yeah. I was going to say. Now, they stuck around. Weren't there first appearances in Joker War? Joker War? Indeed, indeed yeah. it was. Indeed okay. it was. They're, they're remnants of the Joker War, yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, they're not particularly adept. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Batman kind of, makes short work of them, for sure. Yeah. And uh, you, you can even see as, as soon as Bruce is able to slip away and make the change into the costume, uh, one of the party crashes looks and is like, crap. <laughs> so, I knew this yeah. was a bad idea. Yeah, I knew this was a bad idea. Of course, you know, Batman crashes in and he's like, party's over. So I didn't mean to sound like Macho Man. Party's over. That's Christian Bale gravelly voice, yeah. Or, yeah. Ben, or Ben Affleck synthesizer, whichever you prefer. Yeah. So, yeah, he makes short work of them. And, uh, yeah, I really like that. Like I said, I like that opening scene. So yeah, oh, the, 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 the visual on it, I mean, that's greater. And yeah. I got to give props to Dan Mora because I know him from Power Rangers. He's worked on Power Rangers books before, and he's a great artist. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we see uh, Bruce actually talking about the, the series of micro bat caves yeah. that have been placed throughout the city. He's and, in the sewer, right? In one of them. Yeah, he's actually in the sewer, and he, he says, I've had to diversify yeah. in his methods of crime fighting. And uh, he mentions a do-it-yourself cave. Yeah. And you see that not only is he logging hours as Batman, he's also doing a lot of building for these caves. And uh, really great art here. And you, what you're seeing here are Bruce's thoughts. He says, since my access to the Wayne Fortune is limited, after three days of digging, I now know... I've never understood what it truly means to work in a cave because he looks absolutely exhausted. And he's doing this all himself. That's what I like yeah. about this. So, Yeah. Uh, now, it really is. Uh, probably from the first time since, you know, year one or zero year when he found the cave and, and transformed it into, into the back cave, that, you know, this is the most hardcore kind of manual labor that he's had to do, I would yeah. assume. Uh, and you see and, that his, his back hurts, his hands hurt, as you as as is what happens when you're doing a lot of like digging and things right. like that. Right, and so. by the way, just in case uh, anybody gets any idea, just because the book says do yourself caves or whatever, Stephen, that doesn't mean that, you know, you can get any ideas. You know, I wouldn't try it. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're still the Alfred of the podcast, and, uh, you know, so don't get any ideas if you hear this segment. Uh, mind you, th that's why Tom King is not here, because he may kill you off if he was. So yeah. we'll keep Tom King away from the podcast. Anyway, yeah. No, I, I really like that. That it, it, re it really shows the effect. That, I mean, if if Batman living in a brownstone didn't do it for you, <laughs> yeah. him having to work and do manual labor in the sewer uh, will, will definitely drive the point home. And also... The fact that one of the, the mini micro caves is in the sewer officially makes the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman crossover canon, in my in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I like that idea. So, yeah. uh, then the scene cuts to Fort Gray, and you you talk about you know him not living anymore in Wayne Manor in this one. Now, what 
fill me in on exactly what happened with Wayne Manor before the last few issues. Well, essentially, it's because the family, he's he basically, he could live there. I mean, it's not like, uh, I mean, I'm sure, well, you know, he would have enough money to stay there, or at the very least, you know, Lucius was bought him some some cash to cover the to cover the uh, the expenses of, of, of mm -hmm. living in a manor, because yeah. at the end of the day, he you know, after Joker took over the funds, when he got them back, he transferred them to Lucius. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, so Lucius could easily uh, help him out. Okay. He moved out of the in the manor more so because every time he was in there, it reminded him of the loss of Alfred, the one you know right. parental figure he had left. Yeah. And so he said, "I need I need a clean break. I got to go back to basics." And that's why he moved out of the manor. Right. Okay. Well, we see here that he ends up at another party, and this is actually at. Uh, this was an apartment building, or um, that he lives at. He goes yeah. to, yeah, he goes to a party with Lydia. So again, more great art here. You know, you can you can feel this party, and you can feel yeah. that you know, Bruce. It's for the first time. You know, living in Wayne Manor, he's always been isolated. Now he actually yeah. has neighbors. Yeah. So which yeah, it would be an interesting development for him because yeah. uh, I don't I don't think he likes. Uh, you know, personalizing with too many people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you're not a Robin or one of the Bat family, he really doesn't want to. It's like he's really uncomfortable. And you can see it. Yeah. I do like the way Dan Mora draws Bruce with some scruff on his face. Yeah, you you can definitely see that. You know, he's it gives you this idea that he's so busy that he doesn't always have time to like do all the personal grooming things. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, I, I dug that little, a little bit of detail there. Yeah, yeah, and I like that you you know I, I mentioned the lettering and stuff and all the little exposition boxes. You you see these little bats behind them. Yeah, yeah, I like how that was done too. Oh no, it was very well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The detail is incredible. Yeah. But um, and then let's see what happens. Well, you see that Bruce, he mentions, he was like, you know, there's something bigger than the Joker waiting. Yeah. And it's funny, because at the same time as he's thinking that, he realizes that his neighbor's been been, uh, been taken. Yeah. Right? Right. And we see a mysterious figure in one of the sewer systems. I think, I think it is. Yeah. It looks like a sewer anyway. Yeah. Um, did they yeah, he's definitely, he definitely down in the sewer with his hands and arms covered in blood. Yeah. And did they, did they give a name to this character? No, you know, it, it looks a little bit like a much older version of Bruce. Yeah, I don't but, think that's what it is. But, but no, but I mean, that yeah, uh -huh. yeah, you just see this character walking through the sewer, so. Yeah, so he looks like a, to be a big, <clears throat> a big threat that they're setting up in this arc. Uh, yeah. And... Between what they've been doing in Batman and and now this book, I like that they're bringing in some new villains. That's a good point. 
I really think. I, now I know we're going to see some classics, which is also good. But a good mix, I think, is healthy mm. for 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 not just Batman, but for any character. I think it's good to always add to the add to the you know to the tapestry of characters. So uh, yeah. so. I'm well, you, you, you've got to stay fresh, and I know a lot of veteran fans like myself who have been reading for years or decades and, you know, comics that long, they get used to a certain flavor and they don't want to change. Well, time, you know, comics always have – they have to change. But, they have to bring in new readers. and but, re yeah. but real life also changes too. You meet new people, you know, in real life, so why wouldn't comics reflect that? No, you, you know, know, yeah. Know. So, That's a good point. You've got to have some staples, but at the same time, you've got yeah. to introduce yeah. some, you know, fresh takes and fresh characters. So, yeah, like I have some core people that I can't stand. <laughs> they'd be they'd be my villains per se. <laughs> I mean, they're largely on the internet, uh, and they usually and they usually have something associated with their name. Uh, I won't say what it is, but I, yeah, I digress. Uh, you know, so so the letters A P usually usually are, you know. Attribute to some of these people, but anyway, no. But the point is, you know, it's kind of reflecting real life, and I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm going to be. It'll be interesting to see if, if a if a relationship, be it a, more of a friendship or something romantic, if this if his neighbor survives, develops between Bruce and his neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I know you just. I know that, for some people. Batman and Catwoman is the end game, you know, but Bad cat forever. <laughs> it would it would bring me some joy to see Bruce get into a relationship with some new person. Just because I know there's somebody that I used to podcast with that would see and just the mere idea. Uh, like I, as I was reading that panel where she hugged Bruce from behind, yeah. I'm like, you know, my former my former co-host who made life miserable for me would really be agonizing right now. Just this panel, yeah. like he'd probably throw the book out. And so I, I, I you know, I like she's very enthusiastic. She's yeah. she's um, uh, yeah, she she's an interesting character. What so. was her name? Do we have a name on her? Because it was Sarah, wasn't it? Yeah, see, a nice homegrown, you know, classical name. Where you know, I'm not saying that. Uh, Batman's love interests have had weird names. Like, Selena's a, a fairly normal name. But, you know, uh, Silver St. Cloud, uh, Vesper Fairchild, <laughs> Vicky Vale. I'm going to be honest. They sound like a, like a cross between strippers and porn star. Not that, I, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying. It seems like Bruce has a type, and it was going along. So seeing him get together with the Sarah, I wouldn't right. mind it. Yeah, so you know, different getting together with the Change girl it next up. door. You know, with the wild, you know, one minute, you know, a couple of months, you with the wild ones, you know, the porn stars and, and the strippers, and then the, you know, the next six months of the year, you, you settle down with, with a nice homegrown class. You know, it's a good variety. Like I said, variety, variety is the spice of life, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Oh, great. Uh, oh, it, it, oh, yeah. The bottom line is, you know, no, no relationship is going to work out for Bruce Wayne in the end. It's just yeah. not going to happen. But yeah, yeah. it's, a, it, it's nice when, aside. yeah, yeah, it's nice when he grabs a few moments of happiness. So. Yeah, exactly, just a, yeah. a bare minimum, not, not, yeah. nothing to make him retire or anything, but just you know, yeah. Um, so, I guess we can rate this issue then. 
Uh, there's also a backup story we should oh, mention. That's right. Sorry, yeah. I forgot, but yeah. yeah, the Demon or Detective. And yeah. this is a story that features uh, Taya Agul and her son. Um, shoot, uh, I can't believe I'm yeah, Damien. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name because uh, Damien kind of irritates me. But you would think that, <laughs> that being said, um, there is a character who shows up at the end of this that is one of my all time favorites. But I do want to say in this story, and it's very short again, it's a backup story. Yeah. I really like the art style, it definitely fits the character of Damien. And yeah, and, and yeah. This is going to be the creative team, Joshua Williamson, who was on The Flash for years um, and did a fanta fantastic job on The Flash, I might add. Um, but Joshua Williamson and, and the artist whose name is escaping me uh, are going to be the main artists on on the Robin book. Mm -hmm. Which I think to see this story play out, we may have to, we may have to cover for a bit, Donnie. Well, you know, I will say this. Like I said, Damien is not a favorite character of mine, right. but I, I have liked these two backup stories that I've right. read with him. No, but but to see the, the specific character that you are, are going to mention. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to cover the we're going to have to cover the Robin book at least for a bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when, definitely. It, when, it, when, it, when it comes around. Uh, yeah. But I really like the idea that there is a there is a splinter like there's a splinter cell within the. Or, or, or maybe there's three. I think there might be three. Yeah, they uh, mentioned uh, within the, the League of Assassins. See, the the Demon's Head Empire had three classes: the Leagues of Shadows, Assassins, and Lazarus. Yeah, yeah. I, I dig that because it makes sense that in these crazy cult-like individuals, <laughs> would their ideologies would split and they'd go, you know, their separate ways. Yeah, it's like. NWO black and white, NWO red and uh, red and black, right? Right. With the wolf pack, right? And then what was the third one uh, when when they united and it was like a, like a mix of all three uh, of all of the other two? Well, there's the there was the LWO, but we're oh, not. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dino World, yeah, 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 yeah. I like. I thought they were they were great. I really didn't like how that ended with Ric Flair just coming out and saying, here, give me the shirts or whatever. But anyway, I digress. Uh, we're not talking about wrestling right now. But you see that Damien, he gets in this helicopter with his mother, and she was like, you know, it's time for you to choose your life path, that of the demon or the detective. What's it going to be? So, and like, and I really, really like, I like And he doesn't patient. give her an answer. He just leaves the helicopter. Yeah, he just kind of jumps, he jumps out of the helicopter. So... But you know what? The way she says, "Oh, you know, you're not. I'm gonna treat you like if you join me. I'm gonna treat you like an assassin, not like my son." No wonder this kid's so screwed up in the head. Oh yeah. I no mean, doubt. like, think about think about this. Batman is his most stable parental figure. <laughs> what should tell you something? Right there. I mean, I mean, really? Yeah. What did we expect from this poor kid? <laughs> so before the story ends though uh, we go to parts unknown where the ultimate warrior is oh, from oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> you know there was an ultimate warrior comic which yes i read good. a yeah i read a few <laughs> issues yeah. it wasn't very good but the art was great <laughs> yeah the art was great yeah so uh, and it says the league <laughs> of lazarus has returned and we learn about this tournament that's about to start yeah. 
Yeah. You know, the, the tournament feels to me like it's not like just like the way they're discussing it. It's kind of like a hybrid of Fight Club meets Mortal Kombat. And I kind of like that. And we learn that the participant that the League of Lazarus is going to send after to the tournament and presumably confront Damian Wayne is none other than Connor Hawk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> An old running buddy of Kyle Rayner, my favorite DC character. I'm really happy to see Connor back. So, And wasn't it thought that he was dead? Uh, wasn't that the prevailing, you know? Yeah, I think the last time I've checked, I have not seen him in quite some time. Yeah, so it makes sense that he would hook up with the League of Lazarus. You know, resurrection, the whole nine-year, you know, the whole biblical aspect of that. Yeah. That that made sense that he would be their fighter. And uh, and just to be clear, he's the son of... Oliver Queen. Oliver Queen. Yes. I like the line, what better way to take out a robin than with a hawk? I love it. I mean, <laughs> the bird metaphors. You got, if you, yeah. when you got them, use them, uh, right? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I like seeing him back, and um, it, I, I'm just I'm I'm fascinated by what this what this tournament could could end up being, and. It because I hope that whatever happens doesn't lead to Connor Hawk uh, going away or being disposed of again. I'd like to see him stick around for a while. Obviously, yeah. So. Like maybe maybe Robin comes to his senses and, and maybe him and Connor like team up mm-hmm. for for a bit, or you know he eventually ventures back to to go have a, have a interaction with Oliver like by the way I'm so glad that that Oliver is in the Justice League now and he's kind of like the leader of this iteration but I still would like to see Oliver in his own book again well they definitely still need to DC I mean they need to capitalize on this popularity that Oliver has coming off of the Arrow show. Yeah. That character's never been more visible yeah. than it is now. Like I said, now would be a great time to, to have him in a book. And, and maybe it's a... It could be an interesting book if they, if they went with the dynamic of Oliver, Dinah, uh... The daughter, you know, remember the daughter from the multiverse, the daughter that was their daughter, but from the multiverse, mm-hmm. and then Connor. I mean, if, yeah. if they if they were all in a book together, yeah. that would be like the Arrow, like Team Arrow, but the real, you know, the a legitimate version of Team Arrow, not having a Felicity in there and get to, and, and 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 this person and that person and and everybody else in between. But like that kind of idea, I think would make a cool book. So. Hope hope that kind of thing happens, and hope Connor sticks around. But it's great to have him back. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I have talked a lot. You know, we're both huge fans of these 90s characters like, you know, Wally, Connor, obviously Kyle. And we, we like those team-ups back yeah. in the day. So, yeah. All right, so I guess we can rate this thing then, right? Yeah. So, remember, five for story and five for art. So what do you think? Uh, I'm going to say... Four and a half for story. I like the, what they're setting up here. And I'm going to say 
Uh, yeah, probably five for art. It definitely matches the tone that I would think of Batman in the scenario. So, yeah, um, for for an introductory kind of setup story, mm-hmm. I really dug it. Um, it's again reaffirming Bruce's new status quo. So I'm going to give it a four and a half on the story front, and the art front is going to get a five for sure. It was it was beautifully drawn, and the splash pages of Batman, you know, leaping down and, and getting the uh, the party crashers was was pretty fantastic. So yeah, that's yeah. my reading. You know, yeah, I realize they may not be the most impactful villains, but I like the visuals of the party crashers. So yeah, 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 for sure. So then we move on to Batman Superman number sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is really interesting. The way they did most of this story is you see like two overlapping film strips. Yeah. Not overlapping, but one one at the top of the page, one at the bottom of the page. And but these overlapping stories. Yeah. And it says Superman, the world of tomorrow, and Batman, the world of the night. Night as in K N I G T. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Very interesting in the way that it plays out because you see the the contrast between Superman's, you know, kind of bright and colorful world and yeah. Batman's kind of dark, grim, realistic world. Indeed. So Indeed. yeah, what did you think of that like style? I, I think that was was the, one of the most clever things I've ever seen. Uh, the the writer and artist have said that that's a nod to uh, the classic, um, you know, film serials back in the day. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, and I, I think it's an inventive uh, way to visually tell the story. So, I, I honestly hope that continues for quite some time. Yeah. Well, like you know, and these seem to be two versions of the characters. You see Superman in his classic costume, one that's based off of the 1938 costume, and Batman seems to be wearing you know a uh, golden age type of costume as well. Yes, uh, it's so. funny because. Superman's got the costume that he had on. It's made its live action sort of debut recently in Superman and Lois in the first, mm-hmm. in the first appearance, which which I was like, oh, I just love this costume. Like to me, I, I love it. And then Batman's got a. It's like it looks like a hybrid, Donnie, of you know his Golden Age first appearance costume, meshed with what Robert Pattinson's gonna wear in the Batman. It kind of looks like a hybrid of the two, and I was like. You know what? I dig it. Bring it on. Go for it. Um, uh, seeing those, the two characters in those classic costumes with such great art by, I think, Ivan Reyes, I think it is, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with his art. Oh, definitely not. But there is, it, this is a multiverse kind of tale. These aren't the bat. This isn't the Batman and Superman of modern day. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely taking you back here, and you can tell just by by the visuals uh, that this is again these are kind of based on the classic itinerations of the characters. So yeah. interesting, you see Superman attacked by somebody, and he's like, "I'm the unknown wizard," and I was like, "That's that's Lex Luthor." <laughs> like, yeah, when, when I saw his, when I saw his bald head, I'm like, yeah, we, "Really?" I'm like, "We <laughs> unknown wizard, really?" 
I'm like, there, there's nothing that's unknown about you. I was like, what, did you make your hair disappear? That's the <laughs> wizarding, only wizarding you did. Uh, but, yeah, no, that was cool. You know what really floored me with the Batman portion? What was that? When, because they're looking for, the, what was it, the Black Spider? Yeah, yeah. Right? Which kind of felt no, like the, the, spy, the spider lady. I believe that's yeah, what they call oh, her. Yeah, yeah, spider lady. Yeah, yeah. Black, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it reminded me of the Black Widow character from the 60s show. Oh, right. Remember? Right. right. Yeah. But not only that. When, when Bruce Wayne eventually ends up in Metropolis, we see Alfred with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... We see his mother, who, of course, is named Martha. Why did you say that name? <laughs> uh, so, the so the story is, Thomas got hit by the bullet. Yeah. He's dead as a doornail. Cue Hans Zimmer theme. Uh, or actually, Junkie XL. Or, uh, it was probably Junkie XL, because uh, he did the theme, the Batman theme. BBS. Um, and so Martha's alive. She accompanies him to, to, yeah. <laughs> to Metropolis. But Alfred was getting all, a little bit uh, touchy-feely there with, uh, with Bruce's mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alfred's got some, uh, you know, he's, he's got some game. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stephen, Mike, Mike, my thing to you is explain yourself, sir. <laughs> Just some natural je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, that was kind of I'm like, okay, that's, it's kind of weird to, uh, to, to see that dynamic play out. Yeah. But also the interesting thing is that I think that the, the, the perception of Bruce here, at least the public persona of Bruce, is that he the, the aloof part of his persona is that he can't hold the job down, even at his family company that is Wayne Enterprises, mm -hmm. which I, I think is, I think it's being obviously done on purpose, like he's doing that on purpose, and I think that's a clever part of the persona that really is rarely kind of utilized. That, that's a good point, yeah. Uh, and I also I, want... Go yeah, ahead, sir. No, no, go on. Go on continue. Yeah. I also want to mention, I really like this story idea of, in Batman's world... Now, again, we're talking about two intersecting realities here, uh, or realities that are told in an overlapping way. In the story that we see from Batman, we see Superman's pod that came to Earth, but he doesn't make it. Yeah. And we see the, the skeleton, like he never got to grow up. And I think we see early, uh, somewhere in this issue, like a big chunk of kryptonite, like penetrated the pod and it killed him. Yeah. And so when it crashes on Earth, he's dead. So I'm very confused, Donnie, in the okay. sense that if that happened to Superman, is the Superman that we're seeing, is the Clark Kent that we're seeing, not this like when Bruce Wayne, his mother, and Alfred go to Metropolis, 
Is that not the same Bruce Wayne? No, we're talking about, again, we're talking about two different timelines here. So, so basically, because that's what I was trying to make sense of in the issue. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm like, so the Bruce Wayne we're seeing in the, the Batman we're seeing in the Bruce Wayne strips. Yes. Is not the Bruce Wayne that we're seeing in the, in Superman. the Superman story. No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was the case. But I wasn't 100% sure. And I'm like, I'm... Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure where they're going with that. I'm a little confused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not exactly sure where they're going with that. But like I said, I like this because of the the Golden Age vibe that it has. Yeah, yeah. With both characters. And because then you see, like, when Clark Kent and Lois Lane go to Wayne Manor and um, Lois snooping and stumbles in the cave, <laughs> we see, you know, um, how can I describe him? A, a Brock Lesnar-inspired, you know, beefed-up Alfred. Well, it looks to me like he's wearing the Bane tech. Yeah, Bane suit, yeah. 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 That's about, a very interesting combination of characters. About to attack Lois. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, this is really getting weird. And then things get even weirder because we transition to modern day, I'm assuming modern day continuity, and see present day Batman and Superman working together. Yeah. I mean, it's confusing, but a good kind of confusing, if that makes sense. Well, and we should say that this story ends with Lois seemingly falling from one story because you see her fall from one film strip to the yeah, other. Yeah. She falls from one timeline to the other. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then that, after that, because she, she's like, where am I? And then, then it transitions. They're out in space, and you have modern-day Superman and modern-day Batman. They're working together. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're battling some alien creature or creatures. Yeah. And Superman makes the note of you know, we see he, he can he can sense the strips like the film reels, and actually mm-hmm. comments on that. Yeah. So I'm fascinated. Yeah, and it's a place called the Archive of Worlds. Yeah. And these aliens show up, and they said, you know, you're create you are committing sacrilege because you're trespassing here, and you shall be assimilated. Yeah. So that's that's what Superman and Batman are facing in the next episode or so the next my, issue. So me. my question now is. Are all the different versions of like Batman and Superman going to collide at some point and intersect in this story? Because that would be fascinating. It, it could be. I mean, this could be a manifestation of the Omniverse that yeah. we've seen lately. Yeah. So because I just want to tell DC right now, if you li- if you're listening to this or watching this, which you're not, but if you are, well, hey, I Jeff, wa- Jeff Thor watched us. You never know. Yeah, that's right. I want so Jeff, if you're watching this, I know it doesn't have anything to do with your book, but if you're watching this, pass along to DC that I like respectfully. I like to see a, a, a Batman book with the a modern day Batman book with the Golden Age Batman, and a modern day and a Superman book, a modern Superman book telling like fresh new stories with the Golden Age Superman. I'd be down with that. So. Like, embrace the omniverse, hashtag, because now, 
everything's going to be hashtag. So hashtag <laughs> embrace the omniverse and make these books a reality. But I, I love this story. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm over the moon intrigued and confused at the same time. The art is beautiful. The story technique is, is creative. I'm, I'm sold. Yeah. Uh, and if there was any question about why the, why this book was, has always been ever since 2003, one of my favorite books, this book will answer your question as to why. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not bearing the lead. What, can we read it now? Go ahead. All right. Story, even though I'm confused out of my brain, is a five, and art is a five. I loved it. Uh, likewise, a lot of it felt it felt familiar and at the same time innovative. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of unusual stuff going on, and I liked the two, like I said, the two timelines happening at the same time and, you know, kind of contrasting Batman's world and Superman's world. Very entertaining. Indeed, indeed, yeah. All right, cool. Can All right. Touch you too? So now we move on to Action Comics number 1029. All right. And That's, it's this, a continuation yeah. of what happened in Superman, correct? Uh, yes, of... The uh, the last issue that we we reviewed on this the previous vidcast, and you know I there's not an abundance of dialogue in this book, but it is undertaking some really powerful subject matter of a child seeing the flaws in their parents. You see a lot of kind of inner monologue from. John here about realizing that there that you know his dad is not immortal that he's not a god that he is a finite being and I think that hits on you know the the truth of a child as you you know grow into an adult and age that you know eventually your parents will get frail or they will die and you're seeing this through the eyes of Jonathan who didn't think that that was possible with his dad yeah so it's just a really interesting angle to take with Superman. Yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 a real world feeling that, that, that I think, you know, I've never bought the the, the lame excuse of or oh, you can't make Superman relatable. That's a pile of BS to me. Um, and this issue shows that. Yeah. Because. I mean, I think we've all had that feeling, that John's feeling about our parents, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, it's just a story being told on, on, on a grander scale with the parent being Superman. Right. Um, but I love how um, you know. I think at the end of the day. Both Superman and John have reservations about, uh, you know, Superman doesn't want John going out to handle this breach and, and the creature mm -hmm. by himself. Creatures, there's a number Cre of them that are attacking, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Super Superman is gravely injured. That happened in the previous issue, so go yeah. ahead, sir. And John doesn't want Superman going out there because he doesn't think he can, he can survive. But then they come to the understanding that, look, we're better off if we tackle this together. And 
there's that understanding that each of them are letting go of their of their fears to handle this issue head on. Yeah. And I thought that was an important step. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, go on. One of the one of the things that says here, and for the first time in their lives, talking about the child. They know that anything can happen. There's there's a there's a lack of safety, and you see that John doesn't know exactly how this battle is going to turn out because exactly usually I mean you know Superman in a battle you know Superman is going to survive. This yeah. time we're looking at a situation where that's not a surety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though the solicitations will tell you right. otherwise, because you know uh, anyway. But uh, but and I liked. You know, once they've once they've they handled the situation, John is expressing uh, bewilderment about like how how did we how did you survive? Like that the all the stories in the future, the thirty first century, said that this was your last battle. Mm-hmm. And Superman says, clearly it's obvious I survived because you were there with me. And that makes sense because when John was seeing it in the future, because he had time traveled, he wasn't there for that. So, from the continuity standpoint, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I like it. Uh, at one point in there, he's uh, you know he's telling the uh, the representatives or who the inside the uh, the ship there. He was like, you know, when this is finished. You folks, yeah, you folks, Amanda Waller and I, we're going to have a conversation that you won't like. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, love, I love how stern he is, but, but very respectful. He's like, you know, when this is done, we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's in total dad mode there. You know, when, when, this is, when you get home from school, we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> but I like how he's, even though he's injured, he's trying to press on with the situation and Jonathan is trying to call him back a little bit, say, you know, you're you're not fine, you're injured. Yeah. You know, you can't just push your way through this. And, and I think part of that is is Superman trying to make both the, the people in the ship and John feel at ease. Like if if he continues on soldiering on doing the Superman thing, they'll feel safe and that everything is going to be okay because Superman is there doing his thing. Yeah. Right. And and so yeah. I liked it as well. But, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I like that they, they go back out and uh, they're trying to, like, repair the ship. And uh, they they continue to fight. These aliens keep pouring through this, like, this rift in space there. And Superman's continuing to fight on. But these things are hurting him. And, again, we never get an answer to whether they have something in common with kryptonite, but I noticed that a lot of people online have made that connection that they're all yeah. green. So are they emitting some type of radiation? Is that why they're able to hurt Superman? Could be. I mean, it was never really explored. And, yeah. And we'll have to wait and see if these if these creatures, you know, rear their ugly head again. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, no, I... And then the end, there was a teaser with, uh, you know, somebody watching a monitor and one of his minions talking about, you know, how frail Superman is and Mm -hmm. he's been wounded and this and that. 
and if he's killable and all that, and then it's revealed that it's none other than the person that they're that they're talking to, is none other than Mongol. Yeah, which was it, which an interesting visual. By the way, Superman does survive. He makes it back to Earth, but again, he's obviously wounded, and he's for two issues now we see that he's wounded, yeah. and. Jonathan is thinking to himself, what, what if dad's time is almost done here? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you also see a flashback to when Clark, when he saw uh, Jonathan, uh, uh, his dad, Jonathan yeah. Kent, fall when he was young. He fell off a ladder and, and, and worrying that he was hurt. Yeah. And so you see the kind of, uh, you know, the, uh, the parallel there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it was great because that's where, that's where, all the sort of the the, the voiceover, right? Right. Um, 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 was basically he got that from his father's teaching, which I thought was a nice a nice way to do it. I like that. Yeah, and the visual you were talking about, I actually for one second I thought it was dark side, but then I was like, no, that's the, that's not gray skin, that's yellow skin. I thought maybe it was because it, he has dark side dark sideish armor on. It's not a usual Mongol look, but uh, then it mentions War, War War World Rising, so obviously that's Mongol. So yeah, um, who's a villain that I'm really fond of? Always have been. So yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna I think you're gonna enjoy the uh, action comics run then for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I guess I guess we've covered everything, right? Yeah, there is All a right. backup story with Midnighter, but it doesn't have. Again, it's not Superman related. Yeah. So. It doesn't have Superman at all, so we'll just pass yeah. over. Um, yeah. But um. But um. Yeah. So again, uh, story art. Where are you at with your rating? Story, I'm going to say five. Again, I really like, you know, being able to uh, see this happen. You know, obviously this is tied to Future State. And I will say this, though, and this is not a knock against Philip Hester. He's a great artist, but yeah. I don't necessarily think this art style meshes meshes perfectly with the story that's being told. I agree. It's a, it's a great art style, but it's I think it's better fitted for like a fun Superman story. Yeah. Rather than something that is kind of building towards a grim event. Yeah. So yeah. and I, I like I said, I respect his talent as an artist, but I'm actually glad that next month, uh, or I guess I guess it would be this month. <laughs> as of this yeah, it's April. It's April. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna see we're gonna see uh, two different artists taking over both Action Comics and Superman. The writer, Philip Kennedy Johnson, will say the same. And he's done top-notch work so far on both issues. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'm glad that there's going to be an artistic change on both sides. Yeah. So, Art, I mean, Art, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a 3.5. It's not, I mean, it's, it's high-quality art. I just don't think that it necessarily meshes well with what the their the story that they're trying to tell at this point yeah so for me the story is a four and a half um i really really liked it um although you know i i i, I hope eventually we get some more explanation on the creatures because it, it felt like you know 
something was lacking in terms of who they are, what they are, their origins, all that kind of stuff. I would have wanted to know that. But again, this was only a two-issue story, so I, don't, I know they, I understand that they didn't have time for all that. So, but hopefully in the future that will be expanded upon. And then the art, again, it's not my cup of tea either. I respect the talent. It just doesn't fit the story for me. So I'll give it a three. Yeah. So, hey, seven and a half out of ten in total ain't that bad. Ain't, ain't bad. So. Yeah, I mean, th this was still a very worthwhile issue. I really like this story that yeah. they are telling right now. So, yeah. very intriguing. Definitely go pick up this issue from DC Comics. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Any of these so far, we're, we're about to, to touch on number four, and that, that is The Flash, number 768. Yeah. Uh, these are these are high-quality comics. So Indeed. So, with that, let's, let's finish off with The Fastest Man Alive, The Flash. Yeah. I like that this opens up with kind of the backstory of Wally here. You see him getting his powers, his partnership with Barry, his marriage, becoming a father, and uh, well, and some of the the problems that have happened within you know the use of the Speed Force, and th that's a good way to set up the moment that happens here. Is that Wally wants to quit the Justice League? He wants to give his powers up. Yeah. And we we left the last issue with him saying that. And so we see, you know, it's Batman and Hawk Girl and Naomi and uh, Green Arrow, Superman and, and Barry. And Barry's like, what do you mean you want to quit? So, yeah. yeah, it's a good way to open the book. But, I mean, first of all, I love the flashback to the Flash's, to one of the Flash's origins. I mean, mm-hmm. That was really cool. And I liked that it was more of a montage. Yeah. So it didn't take up pages and pages of story. Um, and look, I can understand Wally's point of view. Like, he's been through literally everything imaginable. And right. a lot of it is horrible. So now and, and, and we've seen this before. You know, heroes evaluating their personal lives against... Yeah. You know, being a hero, and sometimes they decide they need to walk away for a while. So, so the idea that he wants to, now that he's got them back, wants to spend time with his wife and kids, mm -hmm. makes a ton of sense. Yeah. But also, I understand Barry's point of view too. Yeah. Because he had just basically said, "said You're going to take over for me while I go do this omniverse, multiverse thing." Yeah. With President Superman and his buddies, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I understood both points of view, and it was yeah. very well, very well written, and it, it it brought about a lot of um, tension yeah. between the Flash and, and Oliver. Well, yeah, and, and, and well, you, yeah, exactly. You know, Oliver jumps in on on Wally's side. He's like, "Look, if he's had enough, let him walk away." You know. Yeah. Kind of uh, harkened me back to you know the the classic you know uh, the arguments that that uh, Hal Jordan would have with uh, with Green Arrow. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, and all of that, all of all of uh, Oliver's point of view stems from what happened with Roy, and, mm -hmm. uh, Heroes in Crisis. So again, nice callback to a previous story. Yeah, and continuity. So yeah, so you kind of see him walking through the city and. You know, Wally is talking about that. You know, he thinks the 
the point in time has come that he needs to give his powers up. Yeah. He needs to sever his connection with the Speed Force. And, so. and, Bear, and Barry agrees because he wants what's best for Wally. And so they come up with this idea of, of, of separate, one last race yeah. so that Barry can separate Wally from the Speed Force. And I, the, the one page um, where they start racing, I never get tired of seeing those visuals with the Flash. I mean, they are some of the most striking visuals in comics. Just, you know, the, the red of the costume, you know, the muscles in motion. You can feel the energy, and you know that that one page spread there, where Barry's like, "I'm the fastest man alive," and Wally's like, "Yeah, we'll see about that." When they start to race, I mean, that would make a perfect poster, you know? Yeah, and also, you know what I like the one too, as they're on the street, um, like all the bystanders are like, "Oh, they're gonna race! They're gonna race!" and this and that, and then you hear one guy say, "Say, Jim, that's a bad outfit," you know, yeah. the line from Superman the movie. <laughs> I thought that was a, I thought that was a great clever callback. Yeah, um, yeah. So the writer of the book, who was uh, let's give credit shout, shout out to the writer who was the uh, oh shoot who was the writer? Yeah, we definitely should give credit. So well, this is some fascinating podcasting we're doing here. Right here oh yeah, we <laughs> we're so unprepared. It's it's it's. You always ask me the one question. I always take, uh, you know, just, just, uh, I got to keep you guys on task. A massive amount of notes. And then you ask me the one question. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should have answered that one. You, Steve, and I tweeted at the writer the other day, but let me see if I can find, let's see who finds it first. Jeremy Adams. Okay, never mind. Yeah, you (laughs) did it. Um, yeah, that was a a clever line. And I told him so. Clever, uh, a clever, um, reference. To that movie, well done. And I, I like the fact that you see them as they're running along. They're still like solving uh, you know, uh, crimes and things like that. They're still stopping villains as they run, even though they ha- they have uh, uh, a you know a, a goal in mind as to what they're doing here. So, agreed. agreed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We uh, see Ocean Master in this. I, yeah, I, that's unusual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like how you see like it's like a cameo from they're going across different places in the DC universe. I like yeah. that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and Ocean Master. He's de- he's definitely shocked to see them there. <laughs> and he's like, "What are these two? I can just imagine all you. Well, it's bad enough with my brother. What are these two idiots doing now?" <laughs> exactly. But yeah, and I really like the way this is drawn with all the motion lines. Oh, and yeah, oh man, the art. My God, was it incredible? Uh, yeah. So now I'm gonna say it again. Who's the artist on this book? <laughs> <laughs> This time I have it pulled up. So the artist on this book, uh, well, Marco Santucci, who's one of them, it's uh, Darklo, Darko Lafuente, Brandon Peterson, and Marco Santucci are all credited with the art. So, okay. Yeah. Well, all three of you, well done. I mean, yeah. the, the art across this book is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Some of the best art I've seen. And he, he's, Marco is, uh, I believe he's another one of the artists working on the, uh, the Green Lantern book coming up. So that, that makes me very happy. So, yeah, 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 agreed. And, um, yeah. All right. So, so they try to separate in their big race. They're trying to separate. Yeah. 
Well, and then we see kind of this this like massive burst of energy, and all of a sudden Wally like explodes out of his costume. He like he sort of turns. Yeah, yeah, he like turns into like lightning, like the the speed force lightning himself. And Wally fans were all holding their breath and thinking, "Not again!" (laughs) But but we see that he's not gone. No, he's not dead. But Barry's stripped of his speed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so are the other speedsters. Yeah. You know, Jay, uh, um, uh, and the other two, which uh, Wallace, and and Max Mercury, I think, was the other one. Yeah. All That's not them. right. That was a, that was another. That was not in this issue. But yeah, we were talk, We talked about that before. Um, yeah, they're all they're all without speed. Yeah. Um, and, so, uh, but what we see is that Wally has been sent back to prehistoric times. Yes. See, that's why you needed to stay around for this vidcast. See, yeah. that, now, now you understand my joke at the top of the program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's being chased. No, wait, wait, actually, we should clarify. Not only is he back in prehistoric time, he is inhabiting the body of a caveman. Of a caveman, yeah. He's pulling up Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman 1984, except Wonder Woman ain't around to look all good-looking and play kissy face with, with Wally. So, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to say it, kissy face. Um, so, oh, but uh, yeah. Let me make a correction. You do actually see a, a hologram of of Jay and Max Mercury and Wallace. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why so. I mentioned, yeah, there were those people. Okay, good, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. There though. you I'm, go, yeah. I'm trying to discredit my knowledge. I know uh, some you're stuff. You're right, you're right, yeah. Very few things, but I know some stuff. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, that was from a previous issue where, yeah. where we saw them lose their speed. Yeah. Right. But, um, but um, yeah, so the fact that he's, he's, he's done a quantum leap and, and entered the body of, of a caveman, Compound that with, yeah, he's in the time of the dinosaur, but making it even worse is he's being chased by a velociraptor. Yeah. Which is the obvious choice because velociraptor, speed, velocity, you know, the, the, whole, the whole speed angle is very important. Well, it's, it's infected with the speed force, too. Yeah. We see yeah. that. And uh, <laughs> I got to say, I got to point out one of, I think maybe my favorite visual was um, Wallace running over this dinosaur that I guess is a brachiosaurus. Uh, <laughs> he says yabba dabba do. <laughs> yeah, he does the whole Flintstone thing. I, I, I couldn't stop laughing. That was hilarious. But honestly, if we were in that situation, after crapping our pants, which I would personally do, I would be hard pressed not to try that. Come on, you have to do it. <laughs> Any uh, self respecting fan of the Flintstones would try that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and weirdly, uh, he's Barry is able to establish a connection. Yeah, we see it's it's a uh, Mister Terrific and Green Arrow and Barry back in the present trying to communicate with Wallace and bring him back. You know what my favorite part of that having Mister Terrific, Oliver and and Barry together. What's that? And you know, doing scientific things. Uh huh. Science Bros. Yeah, exactly. The best part is nowhere to be found where Felicity or Iris. It was great. <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
seeing this trifecta of characters together, being oh. intelligent, and not having those two, you know, crosses to bear with them, talking nonsense. Oh, yes. I was so happy. It was unbelievable. Anyway, I just had to throw that in. Poor Iris. I like, I like those characters, just not the way they're used sometimes. They don't belong in starting that. And again, it has nothing to do with the fact that they're women, because they're... they're Women that are far more intelligent than me out there, God knows it's true, uh, in various fields. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Iris West and Felicity Smoke, as they're presented on those two shows, have no business being involved with, 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 with this kind of sh shenanigans. <laughs> I had, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, Adam's really annoyed by the line, We Are the Flash. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's the worst line ever. Like, <laughs> it's right up there with Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman, and the other one of my favorites with constant, I can't make a constipated face when I'm not constipated, but imagine a constipated face, and then follow it up with no one stays good in this world, Lois, and then fly off to kill Batman. Uh, yeah. So anyway, but uh, uh, Steven sent him a picture this week, and it was it was uh, Iris being where she had replaced Superman. It was a manipulation, and she said, we are the Steppenwolf. <laughs> Steven sent me that picture yeah, and I thought it was it hilarious just, I, I, I'm, it, I'm never going to get over that line it's so stupid and a professional writer wrote it anyway I was so happy to see neither of those two ladies yeah. there uh, and it, 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 it continue. So okay, yeah. so I I just want you to know that it cracks me up when whenever that line is going to be said. I you know whether or not it'll be said again, I don't know, but I can yeah. just imagine you in front of your TV. Well, something's <laughs> going to get thrown at the TV if it is. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, oh, I like Iris though. I like Iris as a character. I like Candace Patton. It just certain way the way they used to write her a couple of seasons back was horrendous. Right, I understand. But I she's love much, the Flash. She's much better now, though. She, she's written much yeah. better now. We'll talk about this more when we cover the Flash on yeah, the Multiverse yeah. Music and, Podcast and, Network. And I, look, just to prove <laughs> how much I like Candace Patton. Candace Patton, who plays Iris West on the Flash, is on the list. <laughs> now, now, I realize that when I do that, you can't see my hand. You may not be able to see the pen. Can no, see I, the pen? Can, I can see it. I can see it. Okay. Yeah. But anyway... I, you know, so I just want to point out that if she's ever, if if all my multiverse, my, all my multiverse wives got together and had like a council of multiverse wives at a meeting, <laughs> first of all, I'd be screwed. But second of all, at that point, Candace Pine can say, we are the multiverse wives, 100%. <laughs> oh, man. Carry on, rant over. I've derailed the episode long enough. Okay, so back in prehistoric times, uh, Wally is still getting chased by this. Speed Force infused Velociraptor, and a lot of uh, really cool visuals here. One of my favorites was kind of a callback to um, Jurassic Park. He's hiding, and all of a sudden the thing like comes from his side. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I like that callback, and uh, but then all of a sudden the thing just explodes. Right. But to me, before that, before. Just to go back a step, when he makes the connection with Wally or with mm -hmm. Barry, and they're able to communicate, Barry's like, "What happened? Tell me where you are." And he's like, "Well, uh, 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 he says something along the lines of, uh, I'm, uh, I'm getting, 
I'm in the middle of some uh, very uh, uh, Jurassic Park vibes or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And, and Barry's like, wait, you're in the 90s? He's like, no, prehistoric times. Because <laughs> he said Jurassic Park. So he's like, wait, the 90s? Yeah. I, I was laughing at that. I, that made me chuckle. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this, then yeah. Dinosaur explodes. Dinosaur explodes, and actually, like all of reality explodes around Wally. Yeah. And we see that he's sent into the future, and now you know we talked about that he was in a caveman body. He's sent into the future, far into the future, and he is in Bart Allen, aka Impulse's body. Yeah. And that was intriguing because, yeah. I mean, I like Impulse. Right. So I, I like what he says there too. He goes, the costume is snug. <laughs> yeah, very tight. By the, by the way. But yeah. yeah. But that's going to be very interesting to see where that, where how this plays out. I, I got to be honest, Donnie. I love this book. I yeah. absolutely everything from the writer writing to the art. We've given some high scores today, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we what do we 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 gave Batman Superman a, a ten, a five and five, so ten. Yeah, and you you know how much I love Batman and Superman, like so you know, you'd think that the book that got five out of five, uh, both categories, would be the the book the book of the the book of the night, if you want to call it that. The Flash, seven sixty eight, was the book of the night. Oh no, I would agree. I you know now I, you know, uh, it enters a full disclosure. I usually tend more towards you know the the Flash over uh, over Batman. But that being said, first of all, again, I do want to em- I want to emphasize that all of these are high quality comics. Yeah, but. I, I do think that this story and the way it is developing is very interesting. And yeah. this was an unexpected turn to all of a sudden see Wally inhabiting Impulse's body in the future, being menaced by a Dominator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very interesting. So. Yeah, the whole like the whole idea of this quantum leap meets the Flash idea is just is yeah. fascinating. Yeah, and I'll tell you. Why? Why I give this book such high marks? Because I, I just finished. I said earlier, Joshua Williams Williamson for about five years was absolutely killing it on the Flash. Mm-hmm. Top notch stories, five years in a row, not a bad issue in the bunch. So anybody following that, following his run, had a monumental task to impress me. And Jeremy Adams, right? Is mm-hmm. the uh, I got it right? One again. One. It's only one issue, but but he's delivering. So I, I'm blown away, impressed. So well done, sir. Keep up the good work. Uh, I, I clearly haven't buried the lead. I'm gonna give it five for the story, five for the art. It's another ten out of ten book on this episode. Donnie, where are you at? Same. I I had a great time with that. I loved it. Uh, like I said, I just I like to see how this is developing with with what we already know about Wally from from Future State. A lot of interesting stuff is going to happen between now and then. So agreed, agreed. Yeah. However, oh. do you know what my absolute favorite thing about these four issues was? My absolute favorite thing. What's that? 
That is the DC Nation Spotlight Green Lantern advertisement at the end of this book. <laughs> How did I know that was going to be your answer? I just yeah. that I didn't. For <laughs> yeah, because you know, at the end, you know, you get to see that advertisement. That launches next week with uh, Jeffrey Thorne and Dexter Soy and Marco Santucci and starring Joe Mullane, John Stewart, Kelly Quintella. Uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting. And Simon Bass. So. Yeah. We're going to have to figure something out because we're going to have to do a – like if none of the other books we're covering are out, mm -hmm. we may have to do a special – like because it's the launch of a Green Lantern podcast yeah. – podcast. Ish, no, that's, that's our show. Ish, yeah. Because, it's, because it's, a, it's a launch of a new series, a new Green Lantern series. Yes. We may have to do – like if there are no other comics that were that were that we're covering when we sit down to do WrestleMania, we have to do a special one issue episode if need be. To cover hey, that. I'm down with that. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. But we're going to be covering that Green Lantern book because we're both extremely excited for what Jeff Thorne. Yeah, I've gotten more and more excited. And by yeah, the way, I, I read the uh, the little preview that was out, the seven page preview. So. Yeah. I, I was I was thinking of avoiding it, but I'm probably going to bite the bullet and, re and look at it. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that'll be in our next episode of Comics Corner or uh, Comics Corner, the DC Comics Chronicles. Whether whether other issues are attached to that, we'll we'll, we'll see when 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 that batch of issues comes out. We'll, I'll take a look and see. But at the very least, we definitely will be covering that and. Uh, but what a way! What what a, what a, what an episode! We had great comics to cover across the board. Yep. Uh, we encourage you to uh, support the comic industry by either yep. buying them at your local comic bookshop or Comicsology if you prefer digital. Um, but that that brings us to the end of the show. But you can always talk comics with Donnie or I on social media. Donnie, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast, where I do Green Lantern product reviews. I'm always down to talk about comics. Also, hit me up on my YouTube channel, where I have lots of videos reviewing Green Lantern products and comic book related products. So find me there, the Emerald Enthusiast, on Twitter. And you can find me on on Twitter at Adam underscore Leesfan or through the show uh, Twitter account at MMNPDC. We also have a Facebook account. The link will be in the video below or, or in, the in the description box below. Click that. It's not going to be in the video. It'll be accompanying the video. Click the link. Ask for permission to join the group. I'll add you and we can gladly continue the conversation about all things comics over there if Facebook is more your speed. But until next time, remember that DC Comics are forever. From the first issue you've read to the last. <laughs> so long, everybody. So long, everyone. I don't have my ring on, or else I'd do it. <laughs> I'm not going to fist, uh, fist what the hell. <laughs> <laughs>